0: Welcome to Hustle 101. I'm Jaden Schaefer. And I'm Tom Basinger. Every week, we interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their journeys from idea to income and teach you how to do the same. Let the class begin. All right, Brandon Mole. It's awesome to have you with us today. So um, we're super curious um, to learn a little bit more about you um, and your background. We know you've written about fifteen New York Times bestsellers, um, and you've been doing that for a long time. For you, like, would you mind telling us a little bit about like how you got started with like writing and that whole, I guess, your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah. So as a kid, I. I love to daydream and I love to, I learned to love reading through fantasy stories. Okay. My gateway to literacy was Lion, Witch, and Witch, in the Wardrobe. Oh, nice. Before that book, I didn't really like to read a thick book, but the, the big imagination of that story got me going. Um, and as I got older, I, I noticed that what my head does is make up stories. If you leave me alone, I'll make up stories. Really? And so to some degree, I was trying to harness a natural resource that like this is just how my head works. Um, and I remember when I first tried to write my stories down, it was so frustrating because the story was really clear in my mind and I uh-huh. could see it like a movie, but when I tried to turn it into words, it was reduced down to something terrible, like it wasn't <laughs> cool anymore, you know? How old were you, right? Um, um and, and, so this is me, you know, this is as a elementary school kid, as a middle school kid, even as a young high school kid, I saw myself gradually getting better at it, but still mm-hmm. I would look at what I'd written and then look at my favorite books and be like, man, there's such a huge gap here. Right. Um, and so... One of the biggest barriers to entry for me to become a writer was just, am I going to get good enough to, to right. create publishable work, right? And and even if I do get to what I think is good, will someone else recognize that and, and find it marketable? Um, and I think if I had listened to the people around me, I would have never become a writer. Really? Because mostly I got advice that it wasn't a, a safe job or it wasn't right. a smart and job. People say it's like a
0: musician, like, oh, it's a fine yeah.
1: hobby, but it's... And I had I had this argument with myself, which was you know, for Steven Spielberg, you know, for for most people to become a director, they'd hear, don't become a director. Mm-hmm. For Steven Spielberg, it was the exact right choice, right? Right. You know oh, I mean? Yeah, thank goodness. He wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to do better at something else. He wasn't going to make more money. He wasn't going to have more impact. Mm-hmm. Like like, and so I had to ask myself, am I one of those guys? Am I one of those guys where? Where for me it'll be the right choice, even right. though maybe for the average Jew on the street it might not work out, right? Right. Um, and there's no way to know that for sure. It, there's only there's only kind of the faith you have in your in your talent. And so what I decided was I liked it enough that I wanted to, to do it no matter what, even if I wasn't going to succeed at it. Mm. Um, and. And if I had to, I would work on the side on nights and weekends and whatever. And that's what I did. At around age thirty, I got Fablehaven published. Oh, was that your first book? That was my first published book. You know, it took. It took. I'm the kind of guy that I can usually succeed at the things I try. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. good at picking my battles, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I didn't try out for the basketball team, even though I'm fairly tall, Mm -hmm. because I'm not that coordinated. I just didn't. Right. I I knew my ceiling wasn't very high there. Right. But like. For for writing, I knew the ceiling was high. I just didn't know how high, right? I didn't know uh-huh. how good I could get, but... Um, I, I, I failed to get published from 25 to 30, basically. And were you trying for that whole five-year period? Yeah. With, yeah. with
0: Fablehaven or a different book? With a,
1: with, with a book that I wrote before Fablehaven called The Other End of the Hippo, okay. which turned into my Beyonders series. Mm. Um, and that when that came out, that debuted at number one on the New York Times The the List. Right. And that was like such a strange happy ending to that journey of trying to get that book published right. because for a long time it looked like no one was going to publish it um but fable haven was my second novel written my first book published and i would written many pieces of short fiction before that and in a couple novellas that never got published i tried to submitted them to some contests or to some magazines and it's never had any success until fable haven but at age 30 fable haven was published the first place i showed it Um, And after that, it was kind of a charmed path. Suddenly, um, within a year, I could quit my day job. I was making more money writing books than my day job, Mm -hmm. not that I was making a ton of my day job. What was your job? I I was in entertainment marketing. Okay. Um, And so I was doing marketing copy. Anyway, in some ways it was a nightmare job for me because I was writing like the summaries on the backs of other people's entertainment projects, oh, <laughs> I, mean, like, nice. I want to be the guy making the content, <laughs> right. uh, selling the content. You know, totally. Um, but at the same time, I learned a lot about selling the content by by working behind the scenes, you know, for some entertainment companies, and that served me well through my career because what I, you know, I do create the content, but you're also partly responsible to help market and sell the content as an author. Totally. Offer. Oh, totally. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it has benefited me well that. My background, I was a public relations major with an English minor, and, and I use public relations and English all the time in my life. Right. You know? um, I, 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 part of being an author is also being a speaker, um, doing messaging on radio, on TV, in front of live audiences. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I do that a ton. I spend five months of my year doing that. Right. Um, and so it's its a strange job where, where I wear you know, a writer hat and a promoter hat. And I need both those skill sets and both those skill sets have helped me have more job security and more success than I probably would have ever had doing anything else.
0: What advice or what
1: would you say to people? Cause I've
0: talked to like a, like a lot of different creatives. Cause personally I'm doing, I did marketing, I studied marketing. Um, I've talked to a lot of creatives that are like, oh, I'm not interested in the marketing or the promotion side of this because I just want to focus on like my work. And like, it sounds like from you, you kind of have to wear those two hats. What would you say to those people or what would, advice would you give them to kind of help them do both?
1: I would say that if you want to create or do art full time, take an interest in how to make it commercial because if it's not commercial, it's going to be really hard to do it full time. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, you you gotta live somehow. And so you can do that by doing your art as a hobby, Mm -hmm. you know, while you work some other job Right. that's totally legitimate and fine if that's what makes it work for you. Um, for me, I wanted to do my art to be my full-time job mm-hmm. and to make that possible meant I had to be able to sell what I was making. Right. I had to make it commercial and making it commercial just means you have to create something that has an audience that you can sell to. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, it has to be crappy or dumb. It just has to have an audience that you can sell to. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I write books that I like as a 44 year old guy and stuff that I hope a kid would like too. And so far so good. You know, I've, With Fablehaven, I've sold millions of copies around the world in like thirty languages. None of that seemed likely at the start. Right. Totally. And I mean,
0: I remember Fablehaven was the first book of yours that I ever read, and I loved it as a kid. Um, What I think is amazing, though, is that like you went through writing an entire book and spending five years trying to get that published. and you like never gave up to the point where you wrote that book. Like, how did you, how did you keep that? And I guess what advice would you give to other people that maybe they don't see their passions panning out like they want, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a great question. Um, for me, I had to ask myself, would I do this if it never made money? You know, do I love it enough? Do I believe in it enough that I would do it if it never made money? And once my answer was yes, that took all the pressure off. Mm. So I was like, Hey, if this doesn't make money, I'm doing this instead of watching TV, Right. I'm doing this instead of, um, playing video games or instead of making, building model trains or something, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like, like at, at bare minimum, this is what I want to be my hobby. You know right. what I mean? At bare minimum, I love this enough that I'm going to make it my, my concerted hobby and always with the goal of having it become my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but once I was willing to do it for free, suddenly that, that lowered the stakes <laughs> enough that I just, okay, so was, one I'll just always do it. Um. A piece of advice I would give to people who want to get into this is almost anything you want to do that is a good goal, Um, especially something creative, but this this fits almost anything in life, you have to give yourself time to succeed. You have to give yourself time to develop Mm -hmm. your talent. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. If if I hadn't... At 18, I wasn't writing good enough stuff to get published. At 25, I wasn't quite yet writing good Mm -hmm. enough stuff to get published. Um, from 30 on, I have been. You know what I mean. And, and if I hadn't given myself the time to develop, right? Sort of like uh, you're not going to gather the fruit until you like plant the seed and let the tree grow. And you know what I mean. Like, right. You got to right. give it time to develop. Give yourself time to develop. Trust that you will develop, right? If if, if that goal is something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. let that goal be a fixed thing, but don't make it a thing where like it has to be an overnight success. <laughs> Anything that has to be an overnight success. Usually won't be like you're like, right, that day will pass and you'll move on to something else. But, mm-hmm. um, if I could go back to my former self, I'd say, Dude, chill, you've got time. Like, like, like d- don't let that time be like, don't work hard, right? But work hard and don't go crazy if you don't succeed the first month or the first mm-hmm. year. Um, the, the time to develop the talent is what enabled me to succeed at it. That's amazing. Like, so I know Fable Haven was
0: like your really big, I guess, first hit. And after that, it was probably significantly easier because you had such good recognition. Yeah, what so did you do to kind of get like, walk us through the publishing story of Fable Haven? Like, how did you find the publishers? How did that work? How did you get accepted and
1: promote it? Yeah. So Fable Haven, I mean, I, I had tried with my previous book that became Beyonders. I submitted to so many different places and... I finally had heard that Shadow Mountain, which was a division of Deseret Book, which was a publisher in Utah, mm-hmm. where, where I lived, um, was going to start doing children's fantasy. And I, and I had some stuff that could fit them. And I'd never even thought of sending something there, because back then they didn't publish that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were they were doing more religious books, kind of only religious books. And they just kind of started doing this kind of more mainstream imprint called shadow mountain okay and so i submitted there and they they didn't want to publish the book i showed them but unlike some other publishers they became interested in me really and and they brought me in and they talked to me and asked what else i had and said hey we like how you write you know this book isn't the perfect fit for us but do you have other ideas and when i pitched the idea of Fablehaven, they said eh, i'd like to see that and, and I, had you written anything for it yet no it was just an idea at the time oh, okay right because I, I was trying to publish this other book right, right? And so, but because I had specific publisher interest, I charged hard over the next five months, you know, writing on nights and weekends while I worked full time, wrote Fablehaven and, and then it got picked up immediately when I, when I showed it to them. Um, that was working without an agent. I had tried to get an agent and I had failed at that, you know, just like I'd failed at getting the publisher up until that point. And then after Fable Haven came out, and after it was successful, and then book two hit the New York Times list, it kind of surprising everybody that it hit the New York Times list. Because the first one hadn't? First one hadn't. Well, and the first, shut I was the first time that publisher had ever hit the New York Times list. Really? It you know, was my book. So no one was expecting it. No one, right. No one was thinking it was possible. Usually, um, the New York Times list, the big publishers in New York kind of know what's going to hit the right. list. And so when that hit the list, everyone's like, huh? What's this? Like, where did really? this come from? You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, because it was an anomaly. It was coming from outside the normal system. right? But selling quantity as if it was inside the system. Um, and that was just grassroots marketing. Really. really? Like through Shadow Mountain, and my sister helped me plan. Um, so after that hit the New York Times list, I got interest from a movie agent, which led to interest from a literary agent. And once I had my literary agent, a guy named Simon Lipskar at Writer's mm-hmm. House. Um, you know, he's the president of Writer's House, which is one of the best literary, maybe the best, mm-hmm. one of the best literary agencies on the planet. And once I had him, it's it's all just been, okay, now my job is to do good work. You right. know what I mean? Because he has set me up with great advances and great publishers. I've worked with Scholastic and Simon & Schuster and more with Shadow Mountain. Um, and so far, so good. You know, like the books have sold really well. People are having fun. And my job now is mostly to create, good content and keep mm-hmm. it fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you... Um, I mean, I know that a lot of that was
0: just like grassroots and stuff, but like how do you, and I guess your publishers and stuff, go about like promoting
1: your books and getting the word out? I, I understand you go to schools and you talk to them. Yeah, when I say grassroots, I mean, a big part of what I did early on was just school visits, right? Uh-huh. At the end of the day, a book will succeed if someone reads it and likes it enough that they're they're passionate enough about it, like it enough that they tell a friend they should read it. Mm. If someone reads a book and likes it that well, that book will almost for sure be successful as long as it gets at least a little bit of marketing. Mm. Um, and by going out and doing grassroots, we discovered that Fablehaven had that had that quality. Where after mm. I went to a school visit, it worked. Kids liked it. Mm. It spread. It got relatives got told about it, and so. Um, because, because school visits and, and, uh, you know, the early bookstore signings and library visits seemed to yield results. They kept sending me and as they send me, it continued to yield results. So they sent me more and yeah, I've been, I've been doing book tour for the last 15 years because it keeps working, you know, the the books spread and sell.
0: What I love about that is I feel like you just focus so much on just making like quality content and I feel like today in business there is a certain aspect of people that their goal is just like they just throw something out there, it's not quality, they just like blast it with a ton of marketing and just like hope to kind of pick it up but I love what you said, if somebody loves it because it's quality content, they'll recommend it and that is the content markets itself in a way
1: be you know for the book industry and I, and i think and a lot of, in entertainment if it doesn't have that quality where people like it enough to recommend it most of the marketing you throw at it it can start a little flare but it won't become a big fire right? Mm-hmm. right but but if it's got that quality even a few sparks can sometimes start a fire you know
0: well brandon thank you so much for coming and uh being on our podcast today it was really cool hearing about your entrepreneurial journey um We'll have a link down in the YouTube video for anyone that is interested in looking at um, Brandon's website and seeing some of his work. And have an awesome day. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thanks for tuning in to Hustle 101. Tune in next week for some more rad episodes.